Well, hello there, and welcome to this Calvary Longview audio message. We're so glad you've chosen to take a moment to discover with us the truth that can be found in the Bible, and we pray that you'll be blessed by what you hear. Today, Pastor Al is going to be sharing with us a message from Paul's first letter to Timothy. We can't wait to get into God's Word, so crack open your Bible, grab your note-taking tools, and we'll get started. Christ alone, 
that Jesus is everything that we need. It's no different from 2,000 years ago and to this to today that the goal of the church, we have a goal in the church, and, and the goal is for you and I, we're called to this higher standard of living than that of the world. Our lives are going to be changed. So you think about when you came to Christ and how you're walking with Him and how He desires to change you. And you look back on the weeks or the month of the year or the decade or two or three, and you've been walking with the Lord and numbers change as you see in your life. And that's the desire that God wants as He brings us together from all different walks of life. And we're here uh, gathered together to have uh, the Lord change us. We come and we gather on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. And we're here to gratify and stir up the gifts, stir up love, stir up, you know, these things that God has for us. And so with that, one of the things that He brings upon us is He wants to do desire for us is to bring change in our lives. And so Paul here is directing this letter and commanding Timothy, letting him know that, you know, there needs to be order in the church. In order to forget the order in the church, we're not changing. We need to be changed, you know. Well, the different mind, the new mind, new mindset, all this stuff. And then, so he's been telling him that there's a higher standard of living. He's been, you know, kind of looking at that and he's teaching it. But uh, I was telling him, so from the very beginning, that doctrine, chapter one, the importance of that doctrine, the importance of having faith praying everywhere, lifting up hands, the importance that we see the. Uh, the care for our widows, the qualifications of our elders, you know, and the teachings in the church, the church leadership. You know, to how to treat one another, treating our widows, how to treat widows, how to treat one another, this is all inclusive here. But it shows maturity and strength within the church. So listen, it's important that we don't take what is written as a set of rules that we're going to obey and uphold. And also, if you don't do this, then what? But rather, there are instructions for life for the believer. The Lord has given their life to Christ. But there are instructions for the believer that, you know, we might let the light of Christ shine forth, the glorious grace of God, bring forth, bring forth in our lives. This is what the world is today. They need God's grace. They need God's grace to understand that He loves and He cares for them. The world, right? In the world, and even the unsaved world, those who are born again. And there are people that are searching out there that need it, they're wanting to know what's going on in the world, where am I at, and if God is real, I need to find out what's happening. You better look for the church. And right now, the church is right here within these walls, it's out there. And even if what it does gather, you know, Sunday and Wednesday, when we get back together, the church still goes out and broadcasts itself out to let the light of Christ shine. I mean, you see, communion through the life of Christians ought to be able to see Jesus. There are little people are answers. And I know those that say, you know, again, repetitive, but fairly, that we can't come to church. We can't have this, you know, we're not in this place of having church and we can't come within these walls, but we still have Jesus. And we still have the ability to shine forth His goodness and His presence in the lives of others, because they're looking at you now saying, how are you dealing with this, uh, say, oh, boy. I mean, I'm not fine to live, but I'm doing well. Why? Because it's Christ in you. Not because if I was left to my own demise, I'd be frustrated. That's not good. 
Together. 
Paul writes of the relationship of the servant to his uh, master. And so the slaves were able to think of this, and because I have Christ, I don't have to do it the same. But you're equal. You know, I don't believe it's a man. That's not so Paul saying, hey, listen, if you're a slave, if you come to Christ, and you're your boss servant, you have a master, you make sure that you serve them worthy, give them worthy of all honor. And rather, you know, you know, sometimes people might be one more mortgage, but your mortgage should be more honorable and more trustworthy. Because you belong to Jesus now, remember the attitude of Jesus is not probably higher standard of living. Not that of the world, not that of the religious uh, people. When you come to Christ, it's all from the heart of the matter. It's not what we say. It's from the heart of the matter. And so Jesus is reminding them, you know, reminding the disciples earlier, it's just impossible to disciples earlier, and then they said, hey, you know what? Walking with me or belonging to me, belonging to the family is not as the standards of here. Far different. And so in verse 1, he says, Count their own masters worthy of others. So listen, it's important that you look at your boss in the same way that Paul, the Holy Spirit, is telling Timothy to teach in the church. There doesn't need to be room for discussion here. There isn't any room to think that you can only treat the cool bosses one way and then the, the, you know, the deserving bosses another way or your best friend the boss. So there's none of that. Because every boss, every owner of a company should be treated with honor. They are worthy of all honor. It doesn't matter whether they're safe or not. It, it just matters that you're safe because you have this responsibility in your own heart. How are you going to live? How are you going to act it out? And so, you and I are to treat them with all, to treat them all with honor. All of them. Not just some of them, but all of them. And listen, period. But you're not going to do your way out of that. Just live by it. And there's two huge reasons that Paul says here that, uh, you know, count your, why you're going to count your masters worthy of all honor. Number one is the legacy of Jesus. I mean, I'm speaking English. You're saying you're a Christian, live like it. You know, and if you're going to identify with Christ, not just on Sunday mornings, but we're identifying with Christ on, uh, you know, every day, 24 7, because of what He's done for us. And we come to Him, and we want to make sure that we're honoring our Lord and Savior. Well, Paul says here, so that the name of Jesus will not be blessed, and listen. There is no treated unfairly clause, you know, to keep you from being faithful. You and I are being faithful to those who are over us in the authority of our place of business or their place of business where they hired us. So, you know what? The way that we can uh, treat our bosses to bring honor to the name of Jesus or to be blasphemous. So, what are we talking about? Well, we, you know, I'm a Christian, he's just praying in lunch, and then all of a sudden, hey, would you do this job? Would you do this job here? Would you, I guess, that's an armory and somebody different. Oh, why don't you get it? And, you know, why don't you get it? That's how he's saying. You, when you 
words are number one. The whole word is true doctrine. And that's what we got to do. You make sure they're not because they don't have false words. The second thing he says is that this type of teaching uh, can be seen in the arrogance of his teaching, the arrogance of his teachers. Look at verse 4. In the beginning, he says, He is proud, they know nothing. They're obsessed with disputes and arguments. And they come with, uh, with some envy, death, strife. All this stuff, even if this is the brain, useless wrangling of men, corrupt minds, and justices is cut back by fraud of the truth. We're not telling you the truth. We need to hear the truth. We are so many that want to hear the truth today. I know there's so many doctors before it's possible. There's somebody who's going to be deceived. You know? But even, even in the church, it's like when we were talking about this, uh, no, just this past week, I was sharing with some people about the church, and the tree has been there for a long time. Jesus said, my child, there will be a lot of birds will nest in that tree, and it's tree in reference to the church. There's a lot of birds will nest in there. Believe me now. What do you have in this? That's all you got to prosper. You got to go. That's all you got to do. Oh, you know, you got all these things. Oh, we're specializing in the size of the world. Oh, we're specializing in the size of the world. And all these people are going up. Instead of focusing and keeping your focus on Jesus Christ and crucified, that's the answer. And how we're going to live our lives under that. How we're, you know, God is practiced to live our lives for, for His glory. And so the attitude of these false teachers is often said, like, our gain, you know, like our gain of our financial world uh, in the financial world, so called godly and blessed our lives are. One of them, Terrence Baldwin, will, uh, he's well find out and he says, it's both money, come to me now. So now what we're living for? We have to know what we're living for. It all because of this false message, you can't make it with you. And we're living for stuff that is going to perish for them. I don't care how many millions or billions. I don't care about you know, how much money they have. It doesn't matter. You're not going to take your own. What are you going to do? You can change your own. You can buy the world. You can buy government. You can do all that stuff. You can be corrupt. You can get away with it. But you're going to be up to the God. That's what you think. You, you know, the thing is, you can't take it with you, but you can't send it ahead. You can send it ahead and invest it in the property in the kingdom of God and the afterlife. And so this teaching of prosperity, along with the desire to become rich, it still takes place today. It's sad. Many of them. Uh, that are out there, you'll see them all over the place, you know. They'll, they'll say stuff like, if you're critical, they'll warn you, if you're critical about teaching, uh, uh, those who teach and preach prosperity, then you are, uh, you're not ready to die. Or, listen, we established, we were in this, in this meeting, it was some years ago, but they were in this meeting and said, uh, it's not, you're not whole until you get money. In the blood of Jesus Christ, pour out many years. And then in verse 5, when he says, From such Paul warns him, withdraw yourself. Have nothing to do with it. As Christians, we're not to live with the focus that our financial goal, all the things that we have, the riches of this world, is what we're after. 
you know, you might hear some that say, well, they're not that bad. Not that bad. They're all, you know, I mean, they, they, they believe in Jesus Christ, but they, they also believe that there's no God. And they also believe that if you believe in Jesus and you just pray to him, that you may as well pray to them because they're one with him. And so are you one Well, doctrine is much deeper than, than just getting wealthy and getting rich and all this stuff. It's black. And this is what they're into, you know. And so it says, withdraw yourself. That's the whole idea. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, Blessed be the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, who has blessed us. But every spiritual blessing in every place in Christ. Look at this. These kids, the kingdom, kids, kids are really with you. What do we have to ask you for? Or, you know, the son, hey, we just do it more of our issues. We let you know the things that we can do. We, we, you know, we still pay for what people provide and have our. Yeah, there are needs out there, but you know what? For, for us, the big thing is God to give for us is to provide for us to be a Jesus Christ will provide for us. You know, if you can use the people that provide for us, the whole idea of being out there is that you've got to raise this to raise you and get to get it out of here. We're going to find
years that I've been about 20 years living in the ministry. I've attended a lot of churches. I've visited quite a few churches. I have seen a lot of people come to me, and I've never once seen a few all traffic. A few all traffic has fallen in that earth, where it's gone, where it has been, where we go. What they do is they take his will, or last will and testament, so that they can speak to the one who is going to be distributed, you know, the best of them to the best they can. Now, again, you can't take it with you. So I'm saying And then it's also important to check our motives in verse 9 because it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and its sin, and to many foolish and harmful lusts with the ground men in doctrine and tradition. See, the witness that we as Christians are to have in the world is to consent in the riches of Jesus Christ. And God is expensing after the riches of this world. So they fall into a sin. They can't see clearly. And their focus is all messed up. So they find out, man, where did I get here? How did I get here? Look at my situation. Where am I at? You know, you know, I've heard this story more than once that, you know, it was happening to guys, and I'm sure it was too, but they'll go up and they'll get themselves and get the fun gambling, gambling, hoping to win it back, and before you know it, they're going to And Christ is still here like this, saying, hey, I'm here for you. I'm still here for you. If I need your house, but you're not going to need your salvation, come back to me. You know, come back to me. See, Within our oftentimes we have this egotistical, prideful thing that tells us that we got to have more. This is the way I'm going to get mine or whatever the case may be. We have two things to distract from that. You see, if you want to leave your children a bunch of money and you think that's going to bless them, you think you did. You think Deuteronomy reminds us you start with this. When you walk by the way, when you ride that, when you ride that, you're going to see the stars over the top of the world. You know what? There's going to be examples, and I'll, I'll give you a few of them. We're going to set examples of character traits that our children should develop. Why is it important to have godly characteristics? Because you are lost. You're watching me. Not just by what you think, but just by what you do. And make sure that. Your own choices reflect Jesus' teaching of what we've been talking about. You come home and say, hey, Dad, I think you have to defend Mom says, yeah, you lost your job today. Come on, I love it. And the word comes out loud, you got upset at me. You know, we've got to take people down. You know, I can't get to the job. The only time you see that is somebody else's, you know, well, because of him or because of them or not, somebody else's company. And you fail to take it into the heart and say, well, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I need to change. Another thing we need to teach our kids that are going a lot further and leaving the money, and I'm not saying leaving the money is a bad thing, but I won't say this, that we need to teach you how to free the kids and receive the grace and forgiveness of God. We need to teach that to us. We need to be a witness and a recipient of the grace for their own lives. I said, you didn't do this, and you hear of all the wrongs. All they do is you hear your failure, your failure, that's wrong. We can't do that. We shouldn't do that. We need to encourage and inspire them. Look, the world is getting them down. We 
you need to give them your time. You know, they, they, be available to them. They'll always care to them. You know, instead of buying video games, you get lost. I was like, how did my kids turn out to be so evil? Go look at a video game somewhere. And then, death, you need to become a spiritual leader of the family. You need to lead them. I mean, we're not always perfect, we're not perfect, but ever. But we need them to the one who is. And one who I thought, you know, we should be afraid of their flaws. They said, you know what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to do this. And there's a more important point. If you desire me to be rich, that's what you're writing at. I'm sorry, that's not a good idea. But it's not that funny. If you look at some of the funny stuff, people are going to be talking about it. Then it is, you know, you're going to be falling into traffic. If you want to run after that, you know what? You're falling into temptation to spare the devil. Those who are blessed with much, you know what they're called? Rich. Yeah, they're what they're called. Rich. They've been giving money so that when God puts it on their heart to see a need, so that they can be distributed, a steward of those old things, uh, a word that is used for stewardship, giving away or distributing that which doesn't belong to you. But the king would find a steward, Nehemiah, who is Joseph, and this guy said, Joseph and Pharaoh, who are there saying to me, I get all this stuff, but you can be the second of my kingdom. Why don't you take care of this kingdom? As you can fit, right? You're a wise man who's fighting that knows what your business plan tells you things. Not caught up in stuff like you don't know. And so if God gives the same thing to you today, today, I see the need that they're possibly wise and they're called stewards. They're they're handling property that doesn't belong to them and they're distributing it as the king says. For very good reasons why Christians will fall in sin is because they're trying to gain contentment outside of Christ. When he was chapter 7, verse 10, he said, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of people. For those who thought of death, freeing from the faith of the readers, and spirit themselves through the priest of God. How do they say that money is the it is needed, necessary. We have to be real, right? But the love of money, the desire of money, rather than God, is responsible for God's finest promises. He doesn't want us to run after these things. We've got everything we have to have in Christ and Christ Jesus. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things, right? Households, you know, clothing, food, all these things, with over His will be added unto you. The sound there are those who will strive after riches at any cost. I was in Haiti when I was right up to the uh, earthquake here. We go to the medical operating center. And one of the leaders down there, I'll never forget this as long as I live, that uh, we went out to the outreach, and you got to remember, buildings can collapse, one construction possible, and all the other people didn't want to go to those buildings because they were just such fear that this thing would start up again. Matter of fact, they were crying out to God in the name of Jesus, please stop this earthquake. Well, just like most of anything else, when it settles for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then the blood, the real heart is placed what it's all about for really out there in this medical outreach. And this one younger guy I was talking to, and we were kind of ministering to him, said, hey, do you need 
enjoy that season. And the Mercedes, you know, crumbled up advertising to me. You know, I'll never forget this thing. I want this world. I want the world. I want the world. Look at it. Look at the I mean, look around today. Look around today. Are people still living for riches? Are there the riches that are in the Bible? That raise relationship with the Lord? Listen, the question is, are you content with Jesus or do you need something else to bring you satisfaction? I mean, that's just a fair question we got asked today. Look at the world is going okay. We're not thinking the way it was. And it's really, it's, 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 it's just trouble. It's not in trouble. It's like reading the book and saying, God says, oh, yeah, look at this. Is so listen, Jim Elliott once said, he is so full to give what he cannot keep to give what he cannot lose. That's why. In his memoir, uh, in, in the diary, he wrote uh, this. He says, um, God is crazy. Life these idle sticks of my life that I may burn for thee. Consume my life, my God, for it is I seek not, I seek not a long life, but a full one, like you, Lord Jesus. You know the story? Often uh, Indians are reported. And he wanted to live like this. And the world keeps you together, we can live large, but Jesus, he said, this is simply possible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and leave that on your own, and you're saying, well, you're going to call and say, the real direction of God. Okay, you know, if you trust in the Lord, you're not going to talk out your way, even though some, listen, I don't want to talk about some lost their jobs, or, you know, they're born to a tough time. People that were praying for getting free, uh, prayer requests in their answers, and look at the Lord is just fine. And the one of those don't want to have is the Lord. There's all these things I want to get us to get our emotions, you know, and get stuff to where we're doing, running after, we're doing all this stuff. And I mean, what we need to do is just get out of this story, and we're going to do something. How about that? He's not thinking about this. I think what he wants is to get our, get our attention to say, what, is, what do we really want out of life? What does the church want to produce out? You know, what, what are we going out of the world? Are we still teaching the prosperity message today? Are we still teaching the science and wonders? No, I believe in everything that we give to our church. Are we still having to teach that and make us look good and make things happen? Oh, I guess we can because we hold back to the people who go to Look at the TV commercials and everything out there wants you to think that this is the way. Here's the message. But Christ says, there's a message. Here's the way we're doing our life. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with living a life on the Lord. And for the Christian, eminently, both, because they said that true contentment is only going to be found in Christ. The true contentment is only in Jesus. And for the Christian, because we can't be out there fishing and looking for stuff, fishing for the bigger picture, you know, all this. No, no, no. And the answer is, I realize, whatever you're after, and you're stop Jesus Christ, you're going to lose the end. So it's only Christ, both out of Christ, and just outside the Christian, as well as the thing he did to come to this point in his family. Everything around us is family. Everything around us is thinking. Jesus Christ, who's the fellow longing for? Who's the fellow man? 
we hope you've enjoyed spending this time in God's Word, and our prayer is that you'll take it with you and apply it to your life. If you'd like to learn more about Calvary Longview, visit our website at cclongview.com. While you're there, you can find more teachings, request prayer, or even find out how you can get involved with what God is doing in our city. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you back here next time, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.